Coming up on Transformers University, fire, water, someone say wood. We're talking Battle Beasts right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode number 114 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner-operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Tory Archive, this podcast, TFU News and Views podcast, and oh, so much more. And we're going to do a bit of a special sort of Transformers episode today. Uh, first off, if you're listening to this on uh, the day it comes out, Happy Valentine's Day 2022, and what better way to say I love you than some Battle Beasts. Battle Beasts. Wood. Fire. Fire. Burn. Wood. Battle Beasts. Fire. Water. Water. Put out fire. To make their battle badges. I got fire! I got water! Water beats fire! Battle beasts can grow into an army! Collect all 84! Now you're probably thinking, Anthony, why are we talking Battle Beasts? Well, if you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, you might be asking that. But uh Battle Beasts, as released in Japan, as beast formers were part of the transformers toy line for a short period uh the whole series was not actually part of uh transformers it was kind of an offshoot thing but uh if you heard episode 113 where we covered uh episode number five of the headmasters cartoon uh the battle beasts uh the beast formers as they're called uh, they're the inhabitants of planet beast or planet pisto as uh the dub likes to call it uh those those characters uh, do exist in the Transformers universe. So, you know, I was I was on the fence about including Battle Beasts as part of this conversation, as part of this uh, podcast series. But I figured, you know what, this would be a fun, fun little diversion uh, away from what is essentially um, going to be a lot of coverage of the Headmasters cartoon uh, and the UK comic uh, for the rest of 1987 as we're covering it. Now, we have to jump backwards just a little bit to 1986. Um, because, uh, I remember 1986, that was the year I started, uh, watching baseball and, uh, really got into baseball cards. And I think collectability as a whole kind of really became a thing of public consciousness back in 1986. Um, that's the first time I heard about, uh, collecting anything really that, that wasn't, um, a toy, <laughs> um, and, and, was meant for older people to do. Um, it's the first time I heard about collecting comics. It's the first time I went to a card and comic book store, Collectibles Unlimited, Woodhaven Boulevard in uh, Queens, New York. And uh, also a big shout out to anyone who remembers fun stuff uh, on Metropolitan Avenue, Middle Village, New York. Uh, lots, uh, lots of fun times had at those places. But that is how um, I remember collecting becoming a thing and things kind of sort of being worth money as the phrase goes and that all started in 1986 and no surprise in 1986 aside from transformers and gi joe being uh the top 
toy lines of of 86 with the Transformers movie and the G.I. Joe movie and uh, a couple of other toy lines being at the top. Uh, One that was at number 10, and like I said, not surprising, was Mattel's Muscle line. Invasion of the muscle thing. They've come to drive America nuts. They're ugly. They're weird. They're tiny. They're terrible. And they're There are hundreds of them. It's an epidemic. Going crazy. Where's them? Muscle things. Hundreds of different, I don't know what. They run in packs of four, ten, or twenty-eight. Those separately, new from Mattel. How many can you capture? Now, if you remember muscle, there was millions of unusual small creatures living everywhere. I think that's right. Um, spells out the word muscle. It was uh, imported uh, from Japan. It was a, a manga, and I believe a cartoon called um, Kinikuman, and uh, that never came over. But Muscle was uh, basically little little wrestling guys uh, and wrestling WWF at the time, uh, now WWE, uh, was was also becoming a pretty big deal uh, in terms of, of popularity with kids in the United States. So why am I talking about wrestling and muscle and baseball cards? Well, there was a um, bit of a collectability to all those. So muscle were these little plastic uh, rubbery men. Uh, they were wrestlers. At least that's how they were branded. There was no fiction to go along with it, really. There was a crappy NES game that came out eventually. And uh, <laughs> um, and, and there was a, maybe a box, blur, a box blurb or two uh, basically telling you who the leaders were. Uh, muscle Man and uh, Terry Bull. Um, and aside from that, uh, you are left to your own devices. But the popularity of those figures just being, hey, there's a whole bunch of these and you can buy them and collect them and trade doubles and uh, kind of do all the baseball cardy things uh, with these little toys, that became a trend. And soon, Hasbro, like they often do, uh, even now, uh, see a trend and hop onto it. So, what better way than to co-design a, a series of toys uh, with their friends Takara and and bring it over to the United States as a battle beast in 1986 at first and then throughout 1987. Now, what Hasbro didn't do, which Takara did, was use Transformers as a way to wean people on to the brand. Uh, aside from the, the great commercial... <laughs> that we just heard a few minutes ago, uh, which totally has G1 voice actors and and some terrific animation. Uh, that was really all uh, the marketing push that Battle Beasts got in the U.S. I want to talk a little bit about the Battle Beasts figures. Uh, they were small, about two-inch tall, rubbery figures. Uh, they all had a rub symbol on them uh, that either revealed uh, wood, fire, or water, just like in the commercial, and it was basically a game of rock, paper, scissor. Wood, uh, uh, fire beats wood, wood beats water, water beats fire. And uh, that's how you played it. Uh, there's actually, uh, there was actually a Japanese uh, version of this game uh, from, from the instructions. And we'll get to more of that later. But I want to do want to pause here because as we're going to talk about Beast Formers, I want to give a big, huge shout out uh, to my friend Greg Sepalak. You may know him as... M. Cipher, uh, he is uh, one of the folks, really, who helped inspire TFU.info uh, 
uh, as a website, as a toy archive, uh, he used to keep M Cipher's variations list on the news group, which was a text file basically listing all the Transformers that had come out at that point and all the variations uh, that we knew of at that point. Uh, and it was basically just this long text file that he used to have to post like in two or three parts. And that list is, is one of the uh, frameworks I use to develop TFU.info. Now, Greg has gone on to uh, become a prolific writer uh, officially in Transformers uh, via uh, the fan club. Uh, a lot of those text stories that were fan club only were uh, written or co-written by Greg. Uh, he is also one of the key people behind uh, the project uh, that eventually became TF Wiki. Uh, and he is a, a regular photo and uh, written contributor to TF Wiki. Uh, right now he has a fantastic patreon uh, that you should certainly check out and certainly give to if you can and uh, lastly uh, he has a love for these small figures such as battle beasts and uh, bot bots uh, he's got a bot bots list of like uh, minimum buys and uh, which ones to buy to, to try to get them all uh, per series that he keeps on google drive that's available uh, for anyone uh, that list is amazing uh, and saved me many a times. And another thing he has been working on just recently, and uh, it's on Google Drive, I'll include a link to it in the show notes for this show, is translating all of the bio cards uh, from Japanese to English for all of the Beast Formers line, plus translating all the, um, the rule books, the role-playing game that we'll talk about in a little bit, everything that goes with uh, Beast Formers, and how it relates to Transformers uh, is is something he's working through. And you can follow along. Uh, he keeps the Word document uh, up on, on Google Drive. And as he updates it, uh, you can follow along uh, with the original Japanese and with his translation. So uh, definitely check it out. And also, just to tag on to that, he's been talking a lot about Battle Beasts and Beast Formers on his Twitter account as of right now, February 2022. Um, and you can catch him on Twitter at M Cypher. That's the letter M S I P H E R. Uh, and please go go check out his page. So enough of me rambling on about uh, all the cool things that are really going on in the world of Beast Formers and Battle Beasts as of right now. Uh, let's run back and take a quick look at Series One of Battle Beasts as it was released in North America. So you had 28 figures in the first series. Uh, they consisted of Pirate Lion, who uh, we've mentioned before in the previous episode, is the leader of the good guys um, and and becomes kind of the main character in Beast Formers uh, as Sheep Commander. <laughs> now i got to remember what he was called. White Leo, uh, as his name is in Beast Formers. Uh, we also have Deerstalker and Ferocious Tiger, both of which we saw in the episode before. We have Colonel Bird, who is a bird. Uh, Killer Carp, who, as you can imagine, is also a carp. Uh, I'm going to go through some of these uh, the names pretty quickly, but there's some fun names in here that I do want to mention. we got Triple Threat Snake, uh, Horny Toad. How they got that one past the goalie is beyond me, but there is a Horny Toad. Uh, Sledgehammer Elephant. Uh, which looks really cool. I might have to look look into picking up that one. Rocky Rhino, uh, Rome, 
Roman Buffalo, Roma in Buffalo. Uh, it's spelled R-O-M-A-I-N apostrophe. I don't know if that's a typo on Super Toy Archive, who has a great picture archive of all the battle beasts, or if um, uh, that's really what it's supposed to be. Uh, but uh, he is where the Buffalo roam, I guess. Uh, grizzly bear, uh, Blitzkrieg bat. Yes, <laughs> that's right. It's Blitzkrieg bat. Uh, what else we got? Okay, so that's the first 12. Next, we've got a Gargantuan Gorilla, Swiney Boar, Gruesome Gator, Sly Fox, Hardtop Tortoise, Rubberneck Giraffe. I love that name. That's fantastic. Um, Prickly Porcupine, Sawtooth Shark, Danger Dog, Hare, H-A-R-E, Raising Rabbit, Hare Raising Rabbit, yes. Uh, Sir Sire Horse, Sir Sire Horse. That is uh, an impressive name. Uh, he is knighted because he's a sir, and then he's also royalty because he's a sire, and then he's also horse. Uh, War weasel, bloodthirsty bison to go with your bloodthirsty dolphin, uh, bighorn sheep, web slinging spider. Come on, gotta love the Spider Man reference uh, in a day where that really wasn't a commonplace. And crusty crab. Um, I always say let's let's try to be. Uh, you probably want to stay away from those crusty crabs. Now, sticking with Battle Beasts, so in Series uh, 2, you've got 24 figures, starting with Icky Iguana, Armored Armadillo, Jaded Jag, Humongous Hippo, Major Moose. We have Delta Chameleon, and that's uh, the Delta Triangle symbol, uh, not the word Delta. Uh, trying to figure out if that's a riff on something, but... I haven't quite figured it out yet. Uh, Kickback Kangaroo, Octillion Octopus, Wolfgang Waros. You can see a lot of these are alliteration. Uh, Powerhouse Mouse, Dragoon, Dragoon, Raccoon, Antic Anteater, Runamuck Duck, Minor Mole, Cutthroat Cuttlefish, Eager Beaver, Slasher Seahorse, Night Owl, that's a knight with a K, Hunchback Camel, Pillaging a Polar Bear, Squirrely Squirrel, Saber Sword, Tiger, Bludgeonly Bulldog, and Putrid Skunk, P-E-W hyphen T-R-I-D, Putrid Skunk, meaning he smells. All right, on to Series 3. Series 3 featured another 24 Battle Beasts, some unique, unique animal modes. Uh, we got Panzer Panda, Leapin' Lizard, Killer, Koala, uh, Tarsier Tyrant, Black Panther, um, no uh, <laughs> no uh, relation to the Marvel character. A torrential Tapir, King Cobra, Manic Mandrill, Pixelated Pointer, Pillager Pig, Rowdy Rooster, Musky Ox, Tanglin Pangolin, uh, that's a great name, Slowpoke Sloth, Ardent Aardvark, Bodacious Bovine, Zealot Zebra, Harrier Hawk, Diving Duckbill, Crooked Crow, Frenzied Flamingo, Fleet-Footed Antelope, Pugnacious Penguin, and Ossified Orangutan. And that's all of the first three series, the regular, what we would consider the regular series, Battle Beasts. Uh, in addition, there were um, Laser Beasts, uh, which were the fourth series. Uh, these were sold also under uh, Shadow Warriors, uh, uh, sub-brand uh, for Battle Beasts, and there were 36 of these. Uh, these are 
tail-enders and can be fairly pricey, especially as you get uh, into some of the later ones and some of the higher number ones that weren't released uh, in the U.S. Uh, they all featured uh, an orb in their chest instead of a sticker uh, that you, if you held it up to the light and looked through, you could see what their wood-fire-water combination uh, ability was. And by the way, all of the Battle Beasts featured randomized wood, fire, and water uh, stickers or uh, laser orbs. So that means there were three variations at the very least of every figure, not counting paint variations, and the colors of uh, plastic uh, differed uh, during manufacturing processes. So um, there's certainly some uh, between aging coloring and uh, just manufacturing differences. Uh, there can be some minor color variances as well. So let's wrap up with the final 36 uh, laser beasts. We have Blue Eagle, Spark Shark, Ceylon, which is a rhinoceros, uh, Anarchy, which is a monkey, I think, uh, and then Tiger Burn, Condor Rassin, uh, <laughs> band of a name, Ground Wolf, Fly Sailor, Zarganian, Zarganian, Rainbow Samu, Shul, Brain Mouse, Brown Lion, Green Cats, Fight Horn, Hustle Bear. Hustle Bear sounds just awesome. I might have to look for that. Uh, Battle Fennec, Killer Hound, Dragon Seahorn, Strong Hurricane, Sea Panic, Puzzle Color, Mant Frenzy, Scope Cougar, Skull Grotus, King Buster, Slag King, Jeer Monkey, Hornhead, Monkey Fighter, Flying Dragon, Kickback, hey, like the Transformer, uh, Skybat, Grin Reefer, <laughs> which is pretty cool. It's like, uh, uh, it's some sort of Devil Ray monster uh, with a big smile. <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic pun. Salmon Manther and Dino Gator. Now, Series 4, also brought Laser Beasts, but it also brought a new commercial. Battle Beasts, battle for the fun of it. Now they've battled an incredible battle chariot. The Ram, the Tiger, the Reindeer. Battle Beasts. And in battle transport vehicles that change into battle stations. The Beetle, Firebird, and Shark. Battle Beasts. And to carry your army, there's the Bandolier. Let's battle, boy! Fire! Fire Beasts, boy! Battle Beasts can grow into an army. Chariots and transports, each sold separately. Battle uh, There were chariots, there were playsets. There were all sorts of neat things. There were also these neat drills uh, that were available uh, in Japan. And the reason I want to point out the drill, just the same way as we mentioned in the previous episode, that some of these battle beasts were homaged in Titan's Return uh, as the head modes for the uh, monster bots. The drills were also homaged as part of the uh, smaller, I guess it's a, what you call Legends class uh, figures, the ones that came with the extra heads. Um, there's a blue drill that I'm looking at a picture of right now that is totally the drill that came with uh, whatever they were calling the Battle Trap one. <laughs> I can't remember uh, the name, but uh, the, there's definitely uh, another callback to Battle Beasts in those, in those uh, drills. Now, also worth noting of the um, 36 laser beasts, 
Um, only the first 12 were released in the United States. Uh, others were released in North America and in Europe and Japan. As I mentioned before, Battle Beast is not just available in the U.S., uh, also available in other parts of the world, such as Europe and Canada, as evidenced by this French commercial. Dragonaute. Chaque dragonaute peut avoir la force du bois, du feu ou de l'eau. Pour identifier sa force, frappe son blason. Feu Eau, l'eau éteint le feu. Bois, feu, le feu brûle le bois. Et le bois flotte sur l'eau. Dragonaute, des bêtes de combat. And while Battle Beast were not part of Transformers in the U.S., they were part of Transformers in Japan. So just after this, we're going to talk a bit more about Beast Formers. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Beast Formers line as it came out in Japan. Now, Series 1 was the one that was branded with uh, Transformers uh, logos. Uh, they came in the purple and red style boxes, red for the uh, good guys, the Autobot aligned ones, and purple for the Decepticon aligned ones. Figures also came with an individual bio card uh, with a painted character image and uh, character data and line art on the back. All this stuff uh, is detailed very nicely in the Google Drive file that's linked in the show notes. So before moving on to Series 2, uh, probably worth noting here, two characters not released in Japan for Beast Formers, though they were included on the promotional materials and had Japanese names. So uh, the character known as Powerhouse Mouse was known as Scout Mouse in Japan, but did not uh, see a toy release. And uh, Hunchback Camel uh, was also not released, uh, though his name was Yellow Camelus in Japan. Now, moving on to Series 2. Series 2 in Japan, uh, the boxes changed uh, to uh, using these uh, green grid boxes, but did keep Autobot and Decepticon markings on the box. The packaging also featured uh, bio cards uh, inside and uh, had a bit more of a wide variety of uh, figures. And the, the first wave of figures, uh, a number of those saw re-releases in this series, uh, plus 12 new Beast Formers. Series 3 in Japan uh, saw the line uh, become a bit larger 
uh, again, using the green packaging. And uh, there were such things. Uh, there was a playset released in, in Japan, uh, as well as uh, exclusive variations of the two uh, leader figures, some multi-packs, a mail-away figure. But worth noting here is that um, though there were 76 uh, Battle Beasts prior to the Laser Beasts, uh, only 54 of them uh, were actually released in Beast Formers uh, at this point. Now we're going to jump a little bit ahead uh, to 1988 here because in 1988 uh, the Transformers branding was removed from the packaging for Beast Formers and uh, Lime was giving the tagline role-playing animal army which has been become to be uh, called the RPG series uh, of Beast Formers and that's important because there's actual RPG quote-unquote RPG, there's an actual game uh, beyond the rock, paper, scissors that we'll get into in just a little bit, uh, thanks to, once again, to some of the hard work by M. Cipher, and you can catch it over at his Twitter account, at M-S-I-P-H-E-R, uh, and I'll go over one of his tweets that explains the rules to the game, because it's pretty neat. But before we do that, let's also mention that this is where the Laser Beasts were released, and uh uh, a whole bunch of laser beasts were released, and they didn't really catch on in the United States, but were released in Europe. Uh, so there are certainly variations between what was released in the U.S., what was released in Canada and Europe, and what was released in Japan. Additionally, at this time, there was also um, most of the battle beasts, the regular battle beasts, not the laser beasts, were released uh, in Gashapon capsule machines uh, throughout Japan for about 200 yen. That translates to about $2 in current turn, uh, currency. Not sure what the exchange rate was in 1988. Uh, those didn't come with bio cards, and the, and the weapons were randomly packed, but the, the, the information out there is, is fuzzy at best. And Series 4 would see the release of the remainder of the regular Battle Beasts in Japan, except for the two aforementioned uh, mouse and camel figures but that represents the whole of the beast formers line so it ran for a little over a year in japan it ran for a little less than a year in the united states and uh, as i mentioned earlier we are going to talk a little bit about the the rpg the game rules um for the official beast formers role-playing game and um reading this from a tweet from m cypher uh on february 5th 2022 uh, so rule part one all right pick five different beast formers for your team, give them a weapon, uh, and then I guess preferably is their uh, matching uh, MVP weapon, which uh, stands for Miracle Victory Power. And the weapons and the figures both have an ID number uh, molded into them. So if you're ever trying to match uh, weapons to Battle Beasts, the, the figures have a number on them uh, that usually corresponds to one of the lists uh, online or on some of the posters, and their weapon also has that number molded into it. And then you line up your beasts in attack order. Uh, one beast per team is active at a time. No changes can be made mid-game. Part two, fire, water, wood determines who attacks first. Burst Sun is an automatic win. I forgot to mention Burst Sun. Uh, so there was a promotion uh, both in the Battle Beast line and in the Beast Formers line of uh, Burst Sun White Leo. Um I've read different reports that the figure didn't actually come with the Burst Sun sticker on it, so it was a rub symbol with a sun on it that uh, basically trumped any of the other uh, elemental symbols uh, that were in the game. So if you had a figure with Burst Sun, uh, it would 
beat anything that uh, was on the field. Now, uh, I, we know it came with White Leo, but I've, I've read that it came as a sticker that you added on to White Leo or to any figure that you wanted, really, uh, or if it only came on White Leo but uh, uh, or Pirate Lion, as he's called in the United States. So uh, Burst Sun in the rules uh, is an automatic win. And in case of a tie, so if you both pull fire or both pull water or wood, um, then you had to play rock, paper, scissors with your opponent to determine who went first. Now, this is the only way the battle emblems play into the game, <laughs> which uh, Cypher notes that uh, uh, is kind of disappointing, and I agree. Now, from here, you need two dice. Uh, both players will roll two dice. The highest total wins that round. And the loser uh, loses one point of energy. So the attacks can be modified if your character has their MVP weapon. There's a, a chart within uh, one of the books or one of the pamphlets that kind of tells you what each weapon does uh, extra and how it does extra. But whoever rolls the higher score wins and whoever doesn't roll the higher score loses one point of energy. Now, uh, there is a way of keeping score with the figures. Every figure has five energy points. And uh, you can keep track with the beast's arm. So a full power beast is standing straight up with both arms down. Uh, they lose one point there. Uh, the character's left arm goes up. Uh, they lose two points. The character's right arm goes uh, up and out. And I might, by up, I mean up and straight forward in front of them. And then um, if they're down to uh, two points, the left arm goes up in the air like they're raising their hand. One point, it's both arms up in the air, and then zero points, they're knocked over. According to Cypher, beaten beasts are put in the prison of the winning player's fortress playset, <laughs> and the next beast in line steps up. So here, if the uh, beast is using their MVP weapon, uh, they have a miracle number. If the winning dice total matches the miracle number, uh, they do extra damage. The amount of damage goes up, the harder it is to get that total. Each beast's RPG bio shows the M number and the extra damage, which you can find all on this incredible Word document he has out there for everyone. And he also notes that uh, the M numbers of all the any of the beasts uh, not actually sold within the RPG line uh, were not on their bio cards, so it's about 20 of them. Uh, you had to buy a special uh, MOOC, uh, and we've mentioned these before. That's a magazine book uh, called Hero Special 4 Beast Formers that has uh, all the bio data for all 76 beasts. Now, if you are the attacker, you can declare M power, uh, which is your chance to heal instead of attack. You roll the dice, and if you get the M number of your figure, uh, your energy goes back to 5. If not, nothing happens and the turn is over. Um, so the, the only bit of strategy here, as Sife points out, is that um, you could decide that if you have a character as an M number that's more commonly rolled, I guess that would be like 7 or 11, you can then try to heal them for a chance to be playing longer with that character. First player to capture three uh, opponents wins. So there is a bit of a... I guess um, a gambling element to this, if you wanted to uh, trade toys or lose toys, uh, much like Magic the Gathering's old uh, ante uh, system where you would draw a card at the beginning of a game. Now, Sife points out well, something interesting here is that if, if losing three means uh, you lose, then why are we picking five? Uh, and he thinks it might just be a mistake. 
there are rules for a three-on-three practice game uh, that might have just made their way into uh, the final version of the instructions. And that is the RPG game. It's pretty simple. Uh, once again, I got to shout out uh, Greg Sepalak, M. Cipher, for, for doing uh, all this incredible work on translating all the Beastformers stuff. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And that will wrap up this episode of Transformers University. I hope you enjoyed this quick little tour of Beastformers. I know I didn't go terribly in-depth into everything. I I don't necessarily know uh, if that would have been worth our time. I just want you to kind of get a feel for how this line existed within uh transformers and ultimately adjacent to transformers in japan and uh how it was almost pretty much completely ignored (laughs) on the united states side uh basically hasbro chasing a trend uh that would later die off probably by 1989 and um actually it would it would move into uh kind of into micro machines into small vehicles which would be another trend they chase when we finally get around to talking about 1989 So with that, once again, please check out the show notes. Check out the link to MCiphers Google Doc. It is awesome and well worth your time. And check out his Patreon page, too, because um, uh, he does a lot of great work for the Transformers fan community, and he certainly could use your support. Hopefully, I got everything right. Uh, This is kind of all new to me, too. So um, uh, if I messed anything up, Drop me a line at TFU underscore info on Twitter. It's the best way to get in touch with me. If you're on YouTube, you can comment below. Um, and and let me know if I, I kind of stepped in it anywhere. <laughs> and with that, let's talk about next episode. Next time on Transformers University. We are going to stay in Japan. We're going to stay with Headmasters, but we're not going back to the cartoon just yet. We are going to talk video games. And what better way than to talk about Headmasters or the Famicom in 1987. So please join us next time on the show. Once again, I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info. Till then, see you.